Welcome to Powwow Live Podcast from powwows.com, connecting you with native culture since 1996. Here's your host, Paul Gowder. Welcome back to another episode of the Powwow Live Podcast. I am your host, Paul Gowder from powwows.com. Thank you, thank you for being here for another episode. This week, I've got an interview with David Wyden, who is an author who's who just published a book called Winter Counts. It is a crime drama that is super fun to read, really pulls you in and captivates you and tells some, tells some stories with using uh, things that are happening in Indian country that is really fun to listen to. I'm listening to it on an audio book, so listening to it. You can also, of course, buy the book. Um, you'll find out more about that in his interview, so stay tuned for that. But I do have a couple of announcements. First, be sure you are subscribed to the podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or however you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you'll get notified of all the latest episodes coming out. And we've got some great episodes coming soon. Sneak peek. I've got an interview with Mike Bone. That's Little Mike and Funny Bone, the rappers. You probably saw them on America's Got Talent a few years ago. Now they are stars in the new hit show on Hulu, Reservation Dogs. And if you haven't seen Reservation Dogs, what are you doing? I mean, don't do it now. But when you're done with the podcast, go da- go watch it on Hulu. It's an awesome show. And got so Mike and Mike Bone is going to be on an episode here soon. And we just interviewed Taboo from Black Eyed Peas, so I'm working on that to have it on the podcast really soon. Uh, he is super fun to talk to, and I'm, I know you've, you've seen him. He's has been involved with Standing Rock. Um, he recently just published a book as well, and he's, of course, all over Indian country doing some incredible stuff, so stay tuned for an interview with Taboo. Also, in case you didn't know, this is 25th anniversary of powwows.com. I started this thing in 1996, and thanks to you out there, Powell's.com has had an incredible 25 years, and I cannot wait to see what's going to happen in the next 25. But to celebrate it, we're giving away 25 Pendleton blankets, and you can enter to win that just by going over to www.powell's.com slash 25. That's the numbers 25. Head on over there, and you can enter. Don't forget to enter daily for more chances to win. We're going to give those blankets away at the end of September, so be sure to enter. Don't miss your chance to win one of these blankets. And listen to the end of this podcast while I have a special bonus code for just you all listening to the podcast. Only you all can get that, so be sure to stay tuned for that. All right, so let me tell you about David Wyden. He is um, He's published some other things before, but this book has really hit um, hit hard and is just blowing up. Critics love it. Readers are loving it, and I, I'm loving it. It is really fun to listen to. Uh, and if you're interested in downloading it or purchasing it, however you want to get the book, please head over to www.powells.com slash wintercounts, all one word, lowercase, wintercounts, and that will uh, take you straight to the book on Amazon where you can download it on your Kindle, your audiobook, or buy the book. And don't forget, if you use that link, Amazon will give us a small commission, so I really appreciate your support on that. Doesn't cost you anything extra, but gives us a little bit extra. So www.powwows.com slash wintercounts. So I hope you enjoy the interview and stay tuned afterwards for that bonus code. Thank you again so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the interview, and I'll talk to you in just a minute.
Good evening, everybody. Thank you so for tuning in again. This week, we have another guest on the show that I'm super excited about. We have an author who's whose book is exploding all over social media and in the in the literary um, critics. He is just getting his name out there. It's amazing to see what uh, is happening with all the buzz around his book already. So David Wyden, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I should point out that uh, my full name is David Cheska Wambly Wyden. Uh, and so Cheska Wambly is my uh, native spirit name that was given to me at, at ceremony. So I, I do write, if anybody's confused, um, I do write <laughs> under David Heska Wombly Wyden. But thank you so much. It's really my honor to be here. Yeah, thank you. Um, so you, your book is Winter Counts. It just came out. So, and before we get to the book, I'm super excited to talk about that. Um, my day job, I, I work in um, an offshoot of law enforcement. So I'm interested to hear the legal stuff in the book. Um, but yeah, before we get to that, tell me a little bit about yourself and, you know, and where you're from, your background. I'm happy to. So um, I'm 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 uh, from uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, I was born here, but I'm an enrolled citizen of the Sichangu Lakota Nation. Uh, in English, it's the Rosebud Sioux Tribe, but we prefer to go by our names, the Sichangu Lakota people. And I grew up in Denver, but my mom was uh, grew up on the reservation, so I would spend many summers on the reservation. So I kind of lived this life of you know, city kid, um, and then go to the reservation. So I kind of had this, this dual existence. Um, I should point out, though, that when I say city kid, I grew up in probably two of the roughest neighborhoods in Denver. Um, I am absolutely a first-generation uh, college student. I'm the first one in my family to graduate from college or write a book or do anything like that. But yeah, so I'm from Denver. I'm an enrolled citizen of the Sichangu Lakota Nation. And, you know, I mean, I could uh, say a little bit more. Uh, I went to the University of Colorado for my undergraduate work, uh, but then I did, um, I, you know, as a poor kid, I, I didn't want to stay poor. I remember growing up with not knowing if the lights were going to be turned off or if we were going to get evicted. And so I made the decision in college that I never wanted to go through that. So I ended up going to law school because I thought people will always need lawyers. So <laughs> I, I kind of made this decision. I, I don't know that it was the right one or not, but I did go to law school at the University of Denver. Uh, I, I am an attorney. I don't practice anymore. Um, I have donated quite a bit of legal time to the Denver Indian Family Resource Center. Uh, I was on the board of directors there for three years. We would enforce ICWA, the Indian Child Welfare Act, and make sure that Native kids, when they were adopted or fostered out, that it would be done the right way. So I don't really practice much anymore. Uh, my full-time job is I'm a professor of Native American Studies at Metropolitan State University of Denver. So I don't teach creative writing there. I teach um, lots of people about Native issues, Native laws, treaties, Native American history. Um, so I, I really, really love that. But about 10 years ago, I decided to start writing, and that kind of brings us to Winter Count. So I'll stop there. <laughs> Yeah, and, and this is your first book, um, and it's already nominated for an Edgar Award. Congratulations on that. That's super exciting. Um, now, I see it's already getting attention. Like Oprah's already put it on one of her lists, and uh, it's getting a lot of buzz. So tell us, I guess, it, before we get too far into the book, I mean, how did, how did you come about wanting to write a novel? I mean, how do you go from being an attorney um, to, to wanting to write a, a novel? I, I would love to talk about that. I do want to point out, though, that it's not technically my first book. Okay. Uh, I, I have a children's book out called uh, Spotted Tail. Uh, it is a middle grade book. It was released in 2019 by Raycraft Books. 
It's a children's book, a picture book um, that details the life of Chief Spotted Tail, who's a great leader of our nation. So I am a father. I've got two boys. They're 16 and 14. But when they were smaller, we didn't have any kids' books for the Suchangu Lakota people, our great leaders. We had kids' books for Sitting Bull and Geronimo and Crazy Horse, but there was not one for Spotted Tail, who's the the you know the, truly the great leader of our nation. So I, I saw a call for children's books in about 2018, and Raycraft Books took a chance on me. And so it's a gorgeous book. Uh, it was illustrated by a native artist, and I love the book. It's it's not easy to find in stores, uh, but you can get it online. And I want to point out that I make no money from the book. Um, I took my cut and I uh, bought hundreds of uh, author copies, and I have sent a copy of that book, Spotted Tail, to every single elementary school and library on all of the Lakota reservations because I want that book to be in the hands of native children. So Spotted Tail is truly, I suppose, my first work of my first creative work. Um, yeah. So to, to, to get to your question, so how did I come? So here's, here's uh, the book. Um, again, I know that some folks are listening just to the audio only, but I'm holding up the uh, paperback version of Winter Counts for those who are, who's are listening. Um, here's the, the hardcover version that came out actually about 10 months ago. And there's even, uh, this is the version that will come out in England in September. So this, in the United Kingdom, this is the version. For those who can't see, uh, the, the, the United Kingdom version of, of Winter Counts is, uh, has a gorgeous cover um, now it's uh, the the photo is actually from Pine Ridge, um, <laughs> I, so it's not from Rosebud. Uh, it's of the Badlands, and um, you know the Badlands. I they're very very striking, and so I did tell my publisher. I said, "Look, that is a gorgeous photo. It's not actually of the Rosebud Reservation." But they're like, "Well, the photo is too gorgeous. We we need to go with it." So, how did I write Winter Counts? Well. I've been teaching at the college level for about 20 years. You know, I teach about the broken criminal justice system on native reservations. I teach about the treaties, you know, almost all of which were broken by the U.S. government. I teach about our healthcare system, you know, you name it. If it has to do with, with Native Americans, I, I teach it. But, you know, I've written a fair number of scholarly articles and such. And, and you know, a handful of people would read those if I was lucky. <laughs> Uh, but I've always loved fiction. I grew up, you know, fairly financially challenged, and I've always loved fiction, but I, I just didn't know that I could ever write it. I didn't feel financially comfortable that I could take time off to write a book. But I finally decided about 10 years ago that I needed to learn how to write fiction. If I was going to do it, now's the time. You know, now is the time. But I, And I knew what I wanted to write about. I wanted to write about the criminal justice system on reservations because there are a number of laws passed by the U.S. government that take away our sovereignty, our independence. One of these is the Major Crimes Act, which I can talk about later. And a lot of folks don't know about these laws that really harm natives in terms of criminal justice law enforcement, um, you know, criminal justice system and law enforcement. And so I, I, I wrote a, a Winter Counts because I wanted to fictionalize this. And so it's the story of Virgil Wounded Horse, who is a, a hired vigilante, and we can come back to him. But essentially, to kind of wrap up what you're asking me, I wrote the book to illustrate, hopefully in an entertaining way, what is going on on reservations, especially regarding truly the broken criminal justice system. So that, in a nutshell, is the genesis of the novel Winter Counts. Okay. You know, and 
we recently did did a show on Facebook where we were talking about missing and murdered indig- indigenous women crisis. And, and we've had an, other we've had an attorney on the show before we, talking about some of these legal issues. Reservation law and tribal sovereignty law, it's complicated. So to tackle that in fiction, first my first when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's a really good place to, to tackle it because maybe then you can actually, you know, set it up a scenario where people understand it. But it's complicated. So, you know, how did how did you go about trying to tackle something so tough like that in a book? Great, great question. You know, in a novel. You know, I had to, I had to write, I had to walk a fine line when I was writing it. I had to walk a fine line because if I, if I gave too much dry information, the book was going to sound like a textbook. It was going to read like a textbook and nobody was going to care about it. On the other hand, I felt a real duty to educate folks and, and to present the legal information correctly and accurately. So it really was a, 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 a tightrope, you know, to, to get this information in there but not hopefully not in a boring way. You are absolutely right, Paul. Uh, criminal justice uh, on reservations is complicated because you have three different layers of, of law. You know, you've got the federal law, state law, and tribal law. And who has jurisdiction depends on the crime, uh, whether it's a felony or misdemeanor, what state it's in, where the crime occurred, did it occur on reservation land or off reservation land, and who the victim and offenders were. So you've got all of these things working together that makes what we call jurisdiction exceptionally complicated. Layered on top of that is this thing called the Major Crimes Act. The Major Crimes Act says that Native American nations may not prosecute the most serious felony crimes that occur on Native lands. So somebody abuses a child or harms a woman or harms a man, commits arson, and they catch the offender. Uh, tribal police officers, they have to call the U.S. attorneys and the FBI and say, hey, it's a felony crime. We need you to come in here to our sovereign nation and prosecute these crimes. Okay, now, fine and dandy, that's outrageous in and of itself because we as sovereign nations should have the authority to prosecute our own crimes. But making all of this worse is the fact that the FBI and U.S. Attorney's Office are declining to prosecute about 30 to 40% of these felony crimes, even when the offender has been apprehended. So the offender is quite frequently released. And so a child abuser is free to to go out and offend again. This is outrageous. It is absolutely outrageous. And so what is happening on some reservations is you have a private system of justice, you know, hired vigilantes are springing up, um, and you can hire somebody to beat up somebody that hurt your child for a price. And and that's the, the hero of this book. Virgil Wounded Horse is a hired vigilante. He will beat somebody up for you. He charges $100 for each bone he breaks and 100 for each tooth he knocks out. <laughs> so so um, I'm not the first person to write about hired vigilantes. Uh, Craig Johnson, who's a friend of mine, he's written about... Um, in the Longmire series, or at least on the TV show, I think there's a Hector. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm certainly not the, the first, but I do believe, in fact, I know that I'm the first to make a hired vigilante the, the protagonist or the hero, the main character of a novel. So all of that is to say there's a lot going on with criminal justice on Native lands, and hopefully I've, I've done so in an entertaining but also informative way. Yeah, um, the first thing I thought of was Hector. Well, I went right to that character. Uh, and the people, um, you know, putting things in a, in a jar and like, here, here's what I need you to go do. And um, being the secret vigilante of, of the reservation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
it's an interesting concept and one that we shouldn't have to have. You know, um, it's a sad thing that, that there's 30 to 40 percent of crimes and and that's part contributing to the missing and murdered indigenous women and and all these other things. It's it's uh, yeah, it's, it's terrible um, and definitely needs to change. But like you said, it, it's so layered and there's so much going on. You know, there was just the we also interviewed uh, this about a year ago, the um, producer from This Land podcast, which was looking at the uh, the tribal jurisdiction uh case that went to the Supreme Court in Oklahoma, same kind of things is, is who has jurisdictions on what land. Um, yeah, tough things. So, um, but it's awesome that you've done that. I can't wait to, to dig into the book. Um, so <laughs> having said all that, you, you put out this complicated plot uh, and apparently it's it, it's hitting and people are really finding it entertaining. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know for me, I never like talking about awards or whatever, but you've gotten some pretty good nominations. So tell us a little bit about the Edgar Award and some of these other uh, things you're you're uh, in the running for now. Well, thank you kindly for for those really really nice words. I mean, I'm I'm very humbled, and I just want to say that I give all thanks for this. You know, obviously to the creator and to my community. Uh, the Rosebud community has really supported me. Uh, when I wrote the book, uh, I'm not a fluent speaker of Lakota. I do my best, you know, but I'm far from it. I went to the reservation. I talked to some folks. They helped me. They're like, you've really botched a couple of words here. <laughs> you know, so I want to, you know, I want to, I want to give all thanks really to, to my community and my people, you know, uh, and, and, and my mentors who've helped me, but the book has done great. It's, it's, it's sold exceptionally well. And it's been nominated for, I think, 16 different awards, including what are called the big six of crime uh, fiction awards, uh, which are, oh, geez, the Edgar Award, which is for crime fiction, folks. It's like the Oscars, okay? The Anthony, the Barry, the Hammett Prize. I, I don't know them all. It's, it's, I've won some, I've lost some. You know, I won the Thriller Award, which is a big one. Uh, the Lefty, the Spur Award for the best Western novel of the year, uh, and the Tilly Olson Award. And the Anthony Award and some of the others will be determined in late August. Um, but I'm just grateful that people are reading it, really. The awards are nice. I'm not going to lie. But you know what's great is I get, I get dozens of letters and emails of people saying, I love the book. It spoke to me. One young Lakota woman sent me a video crying saying, finally, I, I feel seen. I feel recognized. And thank you for, for writing this book. So those letters and those acknowledgments mean far more to me than any of the awards. But yes, I am, for the record books, the first Native American uh, to be nominated, I believe, for an Anthony, the first Native American to win the thriller, the lefty, and only the second Native American in 100 years author to be nominated for the Edgar. The first Native American author was Martin Cruz Smith, who uh, is a great thriller writer. Uh, he wrote something called Gorky Park, and he's a Pueblo. Uh, and so I feel really honored to follow in his footstep, footsteps to be, you know, only the second Native ever to be nominated for the Edgar Award. It's 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 really overwhelming. And congratulations. Um, it's something we've talked about on this show several times with, with other guests just recently um, is representation in different fields matters. Um, you know, and there aren't a lot of uh, mainstream Native literature or Native authors um, I was super excited just a couple of years ago when Tommy Orange and his his book, um, you know, kind of hit all of the, you know, hit hit the buzz and, and people really picked up on that. And, there, and it does, but it doesn't happen very often. So, uh, you know, for you coming up as a writer, 
who did you look to? You know, who were your role models and what authors were you reading and, and getting inspiration from? Well, you know, let me just say, first of all, Tommy Orange is a, is a friend of mine. We've hung out a couple of times. He's a great writer. If folks haven't read There There, you should run out and get it. And I'm delighted to know that he's got another book coming out. I think it's called Wandering Stars. I'm not 100% sure. And I think that's coming out next year. Tommy's a great guy. We uh, went to the same uh, writing program. I graduated in creative writing from the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe, which is where a lot of great Native writers are coming out of. Therese Mayotte, you know, Tommy, there, there are lots of folks that are just kind of flocking to that school. And that's where I did my training in creative writing. And I, but I want to, you know, I, I, I want to say, Paul, something you said really resonated with me, and that's representation matters. Natives, you know, there have been a handful or, you know, several dozen of, I think, really important native writers that people really pay attention to, but there haven't been as many in what we call genre literature, genre meaning crime, you know, science fiction, all of these fields that sometimes are viewed as not as serious, but the books that people actually love to read. (laughs) And, and, you know, and, and there have not been a great amount, a great number of Native American crime writers. Um, I've mentioned Martin Cruz Smith. But his last book set on reservation was in the 1970s. There's Marcy Rendon, who's a friend of mine, who's doing some great stuff. There just aren't a ton. And so I'm hoping that I can set an example for anybody listening to this. If you're writing, I, I want you, you know, to tell your story. You know, tell your story. Realize that we all have a story to tell. And if you want to tell a crime story or a science fiction or a fantasy or a romance, you know, you, you should do that. Don't think that you're going to be looked down on. We're, we're really in the middle right now of a Native American literature renaissance, you know, because all sorts of writers are coming up. Now, who did I look up to when I was growing up? You know, growing up, we did, we grew up so poor, we didn't even have a library within driving distance, but there was something called the bookmobile, which would come oh, to yeah. my school. You remember the bookmobile? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I would like check out five, eight books every Friday afternoon when it came, and I'd just tear into them, like fun stuff, science fiction, westerns. But I never read any books with natives. And um, and I remember the first book that I think I read by a Native author was Winter in the Blood by uh, James Welch. And I'm like, it blew my mind. I just, it sounds stupid now, but I didn't realize that Native American people, we could write about our own experiences. I just didn't realize this as a kid. I don't remember how old I was, but but that that novel, I'm not sure I understood it all at the time, but that novel really changed my life, Winter in the Blood. I have a first edition of it. Um, when I when I got the deal for Winter Counts, I said, you know, I'm going to treat myself, and I was able to get a, a first edition for a hundred bucks, and I said, I'm I'm going to do it. So I bought it, and it's really one of my prized possessions. Um, but so you know, some of the great writers, of course, I love Louise uh, Erdrich. You know, she was kind enough to give me what's called a blurb for the book, as did Tommy um, Stephen Graham Jones, who's a great writer. He gave me a blurb for this book. The Native American writing community has really, really rallied around Winter Counts, as has the crime fiction community. So I'm, I'm just so, so, so thankful. But yeah, growing up, I would say James Welch, you know, and I, I, I loved uh, science fiction. I loved all the classic science fiction writers. I loved this Western writer called Larry McMurtry. I loved his books. You know, I didn't start reading serious literary fiction until college, but I, but I, I love that stuff too. But for me, I love a good story, something that makes me want to stay up all night and find out what happens. So that's great. And um, yeah, going back to the representation matters. Not only is representation for me, representation really important, um, but it's the stories that are now getting told. You know, I think Longmire did did an okay job of, of kind of bringing to light some things that 
never was seen in a TV show. Um, you know, themes of, of drugs on the reservation or crime and, you know, issues that, that were people are actually facing, not just um, here, the, the natives up on a reservation kind of thing. Um, and there, and there's a powwow. Um, and then you have <laughs> Rutherford Falls. I don't know if you've seen that show yet. Oh, Love, sure. Yeah. And, and we're, we're telling stories now that are authentic, true stories. Um, so that's why I'm super excited that your book is getting all the buzz it is because yeah, it's, it's not just um, that we have native authors and native actors that are, but we're telling real stories. Um, and as much as powwows.com, we, we love a good powwow. Um, but now, you know, people are seeing us not just in our dance clothes uh, heading to the powwow circle. There, there, there's actual other things happening. So yeah, I'm excited to, to see uh, the reaction as more people read this. Well, I, I just want to say that I absolutely love Rutherford Falls. <laughs> I think I, and, and I saw that you had, I'm not sure how she says her name. Is it Jana or Jana? Um, yeah, yeah. On not, not too long ago. Uh, she and I have communicated a little bit over uh, Twitter and such. She's hilarious. She's great. But the whole show, it has a, a the, the writing room is native writers, is my understanding. Yes. Uh, the showrunner is native. Um, the show is hilarious. It's so good. You know, I, I I almost burst into tears when I heard that it had been picked up for a second season. It is such a good, hilarious show. Um, I can now announce that Winter Counts has been optioned for film, but there's a big Ooh. difference. Yeah, yeah. There's a big difference between an option and it actually being made. So right, right. Uh, a very well-known film production company, they are in talks with a, a, a quite well-known native director <laughs> to possibly turn it into a film. No news yet. Um, but I would be thrilled, of course, if that happened, because I would love to see Virgil Wounded Horse's story on the on the big screen. But but you know, lots of things can happen. You know, th this is quite a ways away. Yeah, that's great. And you know, so going back to what you talked about in the beginning, you you know, you are a college professor, um, and, and you do some creative writing, um, teaching, and and uh, workshops and things. So for for the folks out there, you know, the inspiring writers, you know. I always like to ask people, what's your advice for, for people, whether, you know, wanting to be an actor or a writer or whatever, you know, what is it, how, how can people get started and, and what's the best way to, to really start honing their craft? That's a, that's a fantastic question, Paul. So anybody that's watching or listening to this, I, I just want to repeat what I said earlier. We all have stories to tell. And I think it's so important for native people to tell our stories. So Winter Counts is the story of the Sichangu Lakota people but there are, you know, nearly 600 Native nations here in America. And, and I, I, I want to see hundreds of Native American crime writers. I want to I read many, many crime novels and science fiction novels and, and, and romance novels and literary fiction and memoirs. I want to read these stories. Now, what's the best way to get started? Read, read, read. Okay, read, read, read. Read my book if you want, but if you don't want to, that's fine. Check out my friend Brandon Hobson. His book is called The Removed. It's fantastic. Check out Tommy Orange. Check out Stephen Graham Jones, who writes in horror. He writes indigenous horror. He writes uh, uh, science fiction. Uh, he, he writes it all. And this was just announced two days ago. There's a brand new collection of short stories called Never Whistle at Night. Tommy Orange, Rebecca Roanhorse, myself, and about 10 other, I suppose, the best, most well-known uh, writers in the Native tradition, Native writers, are coming together, and it, it will be a collection of, of dark short stories, uh, horror, gritty crime, dark fantasy. And so this is coming out in about a year, and this is going to get a big push. It was just announced. Um, Sherry Dimaline, 
uh, just all sorts of people are going to be contributing to this. So, so read, read, read. They're out there now. It used to be tough to find native literature. I think it's getting easier and easier. Um, after that, I started by going to my local writing center. So um, just go, most, most cities or small towns have some sort of groups you can find now easily on the internet. You know, meet with other folks and just start writing and, and, and sharing your work. You know, that, that I think is really the, the best way to get started. If you really want serious study, you know, you can do a Master of Fine Arts degree. I don't know that that's always necessary. Some of the best native writers out there don't have an MFA. Some do, some don't, you know. Um, but, but, you know, the best thing to do is just read and, 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 and share your work with others and get feedback and be generous, you know, help them as well. So I think that's a great place to start. Cool. All right. So I have to ask, you know, I'm always curious to see what other people are reading. Uh, we talked before we started recording. I'm a huge Audible guy. I have a 30-ish minute commute. So I, I love digesting books that way. Um, so what's the best thing you've read here in the last year or two, native or not? What's, what's your favorite book right, that you've read lately? Oh, wow. So, you know, let me give shout outs. Um, so he's not native. Um, but one of my uh, good friends in, in the crime fiction community is a gentleman named S.A. Cosby. He writes under that. His name is Sean Cosby. He has a wonderful book out called Razorblade Tears. It is fantastic. He's a black writer. I'm telling you, this, this story is fantastic. I already mentioned Brandon Hobson, The Removed. It's a great story. He's a Cherokee citizen. You're going to love it. Stephen Graham Jones, The Only Good Indians. Man, that, that book will keep you up at night. That is, that is just fantastic. Um, there are just so many. Th those are three. And I often get asked, what is a good nonfiction book, Dave? If, if uh, I get asked, especially from non-natives, they're like, what? I want to learn more about native issues, okay? And, but I don't want to read a textbook. Can you recommend a book to me that would be a good starting point? I'm like, yes, I can, okay? Uh, my friend David Troyer, wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Heartbeat of Wounded Knee. It was nominated for the National Book Award in nonfiction, which is about, that's about as high an honor as you can get in literature. It didn't win, but that's, that's okay. It was nominated, shortlisted. It is fantastic. It is a history of Native peoples, but it's, it's not dry. It, it, is, it is just, it's a page turner, which is rare in a history book. So if you feel like you want to learn more or you want to fill up some gaps in your knowledge, I can't recommend this book enough, The Heartbeat of Wounded Knee. I'm going to have to put that one on my Audible list too. Yeah. Uh, I, and just so I, <laughs> I'll say mine too. So I recently read Project Hail Mary. Uh, it's the, the follow-up book. For, I mean, it's not in the series, but it's the same author that did The Martian. Um, Andy Ware. Yes. Oh, man. The, the, the science fiction he puts out is crazy. Um, this one... Uh, it's it has the same level of science uh, and and a suspense as the Martian did, but in a totally different way. So, um, yeah, love uh, sitting here and talk about books all day. And so I did see something on your website. I want to ask you, you know, and put this out there um, that you do you you do connect with book clubs and talk with book clubs. So if there are some some folks out there listening, you know, tell us a little bit about some of the opportunities they could have with you. Yeah, yeah, I, I love speaking with book clubs. You know, in the ten months that uh, Winter Counts has been released, I've uh, done virtual meetings with probably three dozen book clubs. I don't, I don't charge any money. You know, <laughs> typically, uh, you know, I just, I just like spreading the word. So I'm happy to speak with book clubs. You know, and I've had some wonderful, wonderful discussions. I've talked to people from Miami, Florida, to Portland, to Chicago. 
and all sorts of different groups of people. And there's something called the Well-Read Native or Native American Reading Club. I had a wonderful discussion with them. A hundred Native folks, you know, uh, uh, that's on the web. I I think I've gotten the name wrong, but if you Google Native American Reading Club, something like that, you'll get it. They're fantastic. I was their first guest ever. I love book clubs. Um, So please, yeah, if you you have an interest, uh, uh, on my website is davidwyden.com, D-A-V-I-D-W-E-I-D-E-N, and and you and my contact info is there. And then I think I'm not supposed to announce this, but I'm going to just as a as a favor to native listeners and readers. But you know, I know money is tight out there. Um, Amazon, if you read ebooks, is going to run a special on Winter Counts for a dollar ninety nine, two dollars on August 11th, one day only. The Kindle Daily Deal. I'm not sure if I was supposed to announce that. You know. But I, you know, look, my interest is getting the book out there so that people can read it and enjoy it. And if money's tight, you know, I think you can avoid, you, you can hopefully afford a couple of bucks, you know, and avoid those hardcover charges. It is out in paperback right now, if you like the hardcover, if you like the, the soft cover, physical, hard copy. Uh, but August 11th, the Kindle Daily Deal. And I am happy to speak with book clubs. Oh, that's awesome. We'll make sure we put that out in our newsletter, too. Uh, that's really cool that they're going to do that for you. Uh, that, that'll be great to get it in the hands of a lot of people. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. I, I'm excited. Um, I told you before, we. Uh, I'm finishing the book I'm listening to right now. Um, I got 15 minutes left. Left. I almost didn't get out of the car today on the way home because um, I'm right there at that point where, yeah, but um, <laughs> I had wife, wife and kids, wait, or wife and daughter waiting for me inside, so I had to come in. But um, I'll be, uh, might be sitting in, in the parking lot of work a little bit extra tomorrow <laughs> if I don't get through it. But again, thank you for being here. I'm really excited to, for the book and uh, good luck on the awards. And I can't wait to hopefully see it in film. Well, thank you, Paul. And, and everybody listening and watching in, thank you. Thank you everyone for supporting this book and thank you for supporting native artists. Thank you all. Thank you. All right. enjoyed that interview with David. If you want to get the book, don't forget to head on over to www.powwows.com slash winter counts. All right. So I promised you a bonus code for the Pendleton blanket giveaway. Don't forget to go over to www.powwows.com slash two five to enter that contest. And your bonus code for this week is six, seven, eight, seven, six, seven, eight, seven. That will get you a special 25 bonus entries into the contest. So head on over to www.powels.com slash 25 for those entries. I want to also say a special thank you to our patrons. Those people over at powwownation.com, they are helping us build powwows.com for the next 25 years. We've got some projects that we want to do here in the last couple of years because of our patrons and our support of, of all of you out there. We've been able to do some really cool things. We've hired an editor. We've hired more writers. So if you've noticed, maybe maybe you've seen it. We've got more content coming out on the blog. 
with COVID starting to wind down, kind of, in some places, we want to get our team back out there doing webcasts. So we're trying to get to even more powwows in 2021 and especially 2022 and bring those live streams to you. And here's where you can help. If you head on over to www.powwownation.com, you can join our community there on Patreon and help support us. It's as little as $2 a month and Trust me, it goes a long way to really helping powwows.com. Then we're not dependent on advertising and all these other things that are can fluctuate a lot depending on what's going on. We would love your support and your help because we are trying to, I cannot wait to see what the next 25 years are going to be. And, I can't, and we're trying so hard to make sure we are doing some incredible things for you out there. So I'd really appreciate your support. Again, I'm Paul Gowder and I am the host of this podcast and the founder of powwows.com. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Be sure to subscribe and don't forget to go and check out our newsletter. Subscribe over there on www.powers.com. That is the best way to find out what's going on, whether it's calendar updates or announcements, where we're going to be live streaming, our discounts to our shop and our new t-shirts and all that stuff going on. The best place to find out is the newsletter. That will be sent to your email box a couple times a week and you'll find out all about that. So be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. We'd really appreciate that. But I hope you and your family are having a safe and wonderful week. And I will see you next Tuesday here on the Powwow Life Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Power Life Podcast from Powers.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of our next episode. Find a powwow near you by visiting www.powers.com forward slash calendar. Support Powers.com by visiting www.powernation.com. Here's this week's trivia question. You can head over to powwowlife.com to fill out the form and submit your answer. All the right answers are entered into a drawing for a 10-sticker powwows.com sticker pack. Here's the question. This year, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have been live streaming for a number of years. So tell me, what year was the first year we streamed and what was the first powwow we streamed? If you've been listening or following our content, you should be able to find it. Good luck. Powwowlife.com to submit your answer. What was the first powwow and what year did we first live stream? Good luck and thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.